there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome to another episode of Time for Coffee. Are you interested in advocacy or campaigning or both? Do you want to help drive meaningful policy change in high-level U.S. and international government relations? Well, my next guest is one of the most talented advocates I've ever met, and I had the good fortune to work with her. But before I introduce you to Madeline Rose, if you haven't already signed up for the Java Junkies Journal, that's our weekly newsletter giving you a lowdown on the five new episodes we're dropping all that week, then please head over to the Time for Coffee website at time4coffee.org, and it's right there on the homepage. And while you're there, you can check out all the other episodes of T4C that are organized thematically by the profession of the person I interviewed or by wellness, health, and self-care. Because guys, what good is it to have a job you love if your mental and or your physical health sucks? So grab your mug and take a chug of your favorite caffeinated beverage because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my guest today is Madeline Rose, a senior global advocacy advisor at Mercy Corps, a global humanitarian and development organization. Madeline is a strategist, an advocate, and an innovative problem solver who is dedicated to tackling society's most complex problems. She is currently leading Mercy Corps' global advocacy efforts to reduce global levels of violence and to prevent violent conflict. Madeline, welcome to T4C. Are you caffeinated and ready to go? Hey, Andrea. I am. I'm drinking coffee right now. Awesome. Well, it is morning, so we expect that, right? (laughs) Did you just take a little sip? I did. I did. (laughs) (laughs) I heard it. Okay. So, Madeline, let's get into the 10 espresso shots. First question, what entry-level jobs are available to Java junkies who want to break into the field of policy change and advocacy? Yeah. So I think a keyword to look for for entry-level positions would be anything with assistant in it. So in policy and advocacy specifically, you're going to be looking at research assistant, policy assistant, policy associate. Those are the kind of terms you're looking for. But the best way in the door is really to be in a support position to a full-time advocate or policy analyst. That would be one. And then another would be you know looking for an entry-level position on Capitol Hill, in the State Department, in USAID, getting your foot in the door with an entity that does policy making is a really good way to start. However, those jobs are often internships and unfortunately sometimes unpaid. Yeah. And just for Java junkies who aren't familiar, USAID is the US Agency for International Development. Next question, Madeline. What is a useful skill or skills that you look for in the people that you hire? You know, the skills that I really look for most are more innate than technical. I'm really looking for people who are earnest and who are passionate for change for a reason. You know, I want to know someone's personal story. I want to know why they want to take this job. You know, policy and advocacy is a field where you're kind of constantly pushing a rock up the hill to change the world from what it is today into something new. You're trying to come up with creative solutions to 
really pernicious policy problems. So it requires a lot of drive and a lot of self-discipline. So I look for someone who I know is passionate and wants to be there for their own reasons. That's what I look for most. Okay. So is someone's major a deciding factor, do you think, to break into this profession? You know, I don't know if it's a deciding factor, but there's definitely sort of a collection of social science degrees that are typical. So I studied diplomacy and world affairs. A lot of folks study politics or political economy or political science. So there's certainly some typical degrees that you see in the policy and advocacy fields. However, many of my most successful colleagues studied anthropology or studied economics or data science. So there's there's definitely some diversity. Again, I think what we look for more is the story, right? You can always say, oh, I studied computer science or data, but I also had this personal experience of not being able to access affordable healthcare. And therefore, I want to use my skills to advocate for a better healthcare system. I think there's always a way you can spin your major. So you shouldn't be too concerned. I think you should study what you want to study and spin it into a career that you want later. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's good to know. So Madeline, I know this is something that you have grappled with and that you may still be in your own career. How important do you think it is to have a graduate degree, less so for the entry-level positions, but more so in order to succeed in this field? Yeah, you know, the truth is a graduate degree certainly makes getting in the door easier in the field. However, yes, Andrea, as you know, I do not have a graduate degree. I'm almost 30. (laughs) And, you know, and I've had a very interesting and and meaningful career so far. So again, I think I always talk about spin, you can always spin your experiences, your passion, your interests, your academics, and always spin it into an argument as to why you're ready for this next job. And so I definitely think my generation in particular We really need to burst the graduate school degree bubble with all the debt that our generation has incurred in student debt, particularly in the United States. So I actually, I'm always looking to give people an opportunity that don't have a graduate degree, perhaps because of my personal bias. But at some point, you know, I I definitely plan to go back to school and to gain some technical skills. So it's good to get you in the door, but you shouldn't feel like you have to go to graduate school just to apply for jobs. Like I definitely encourage you, if you're ready to get out into the job market and get your hands dirty, I really advocate for that. Wonderful. Madeline, what is the best part for you of being in this profession? I think two things. I think one, I learn something new every day. I think that's perhaps related to where I work, but what greater privilege is there to honestly say you learn something new every single day? It's an incredible privilege. My mind is always spinning. Being able to learn something new every day is definitely my favorite part of sort of my current job. I think the best part of advocacy is that you get to live out your truth. You know, you get to wake up every day and fight for fairer, better, more effective policies. And that too is quite a privilege. Amen. Okay. The flip side, what is the part of your current job that sucks the most? Ironically, I think the toughest part of my current job is traveling, which is ironic because that's sort of the sexy part. You know, I work for an international organization. I travel quite frequently and interesting, right? You get to learn and meet these people all over the world. But it's really tiring. So I'm excited about the opportunities brought to us by the sort of digital revolution. And it's a lot easier to work with colleagues around the world without 
flying. I'm learning that I'm not the best flyer. <laughs> I get really tired <laughs> and, and my routine gets thrown off and all of that. So ironically, I think traveling for work constantly is probably my least favorite part of my job. Yeah. And you've been doing it now for a number of years. And I think in the beginning, it was probably super exciting, but after a while, it gets to be a grind. Yes, exactly. Madeline, what is the best career advice you've ever gotten? Hmm. I think the best career advice I've ever gotten is to stay humble, <laughs> always focus on what you want to learn and don't know. So stay humble, stay curious, and stick with mentors are probably the three pieces of the best career advice that I've gotten. Hmm. Yeah. Wonderful. So Madeline, what movies, if any, or Netflix shows or Amazon series or even fiction books do you think accurately depict this profession? Interesting. <laughs> well, I just finished watching The Crown, <laughs> which is about Queen Elizabeth, which honestly gives you an interesting, I think it does give people an, a relatively accurate foray into the dynamics of politics and power in a changing world. So these sort of lasting, sort of outdated political policy system and how that is grappling with modernity and change I actually think it's quite relevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be the one that I've watched much most recently. Okay, fair enough. Final espresso shot. What would Java junkies be surprised to learn about your profession? Honestly, I would say that the policy and advocacy community is small. I think that was one of the things that I've been most surprised by. Of course, there are millions of people around the world who work on either humanitarian affairs or international development or peace and security policy. And there are you know, thousands of schools and thousands of teachers that work on these issues. But in Washington, D.C., kind of in what we consider, quote, the advocacy community, it's actually really small. So that sort of truism that you've heard all your life, that it's about the people you meet and the networks you build. At the end of the day, when we're having meetings with the National Security Council on Yemen or on Burundi or on any given crisis. The people in the room that are there that have the access to do day-to-day -day advocacy, it's really small. And that was surprising to me. And so I think on the one hand, we need more people. We need more full-time professional advocates on these issues, certainly. But at the end of the day, yeah, it's a smaller community than you might think. Well, we are so lucky to have you in it. Madeline, thank you so much for making time for coffee today with me and the Java Junkie community. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Andrea. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much. <laughs>